Are you short-staffed? Are you not trading to your full capacity? Are the same old ways of recruiting just not working? Are your recruitment costs escalating? Are you finding careers fairs and job boards less effective? Are you really targeting the people that you want? You can with Hospitality Rising. Hospitality Rising is a modern and relevant way to make hospitality a true career of choice. We've delivered over 55,000 real applications and over 10 million TikTok views in just 12 weeks. Join the revolution, let's stand together and rise up together to grab the talent we all deserve. And with six month packages available from just five pounds per employee, the real question is, why have you not invested in the future of hospitality? For more information and to invest, just email hello at hospitalityrising.org. That's hello at hospitalityrising.org. I'm Mark McCulloch, the founder of Hospitality Rising. Thanks for listening. Supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Hey there, my name is Paul Barron. I'm the founder of I Am Donna. We are the restaurant chain on a mission to revolutionize the kebab. In 2016, we opened our first site in Leeds with massive ambitions to go global. But first, we needed a change. Being a chef, I've always been a bit skeptical about being pushed down the technological route. But what it's done for labor and customer service has completely changed the game for us. We partnered with Vita Mojo to introduce their all-in-one restaurant platform. We now take 100% of our orders digitally through kiosks, click and collect and delivery channels. We've waved goodbye to the manual processing of delivery orders as we now have all our delivery partners integrated through Vita Mojo. We only need to do one menu push when updating menus across all platforms. Orders from all channels come into one screen in the kitchen making the operation faster and more efficient. The throughput is four times faster and we've seen a 35% increase in ATV. Our partnership with Vita Mojo has transformed I am Donna. It's a massive part of our revolution. Find out more at vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. I'm about to reveal hospitality's best kept secret. HDI are a mind-blowing hospitality data insight provider working with over 50 different businesses from pubs and bars to casual dining, QSR and coffee. Since 2017, they've led the way creating incredible insights from debit and credit card spending. If you want to know the customer profile and performance of every site on your street, which brands are performing best or where else your customers go, give HDI a shout. For mind-blowing hospitality data insights based on real credit card and debit card data, contact hello at hdinsights.com. That's hello at hdinsights.com. 
Hi, how are you doing today? I don't think that that is truly asked enough or it's asked in an English or British pleasantry and we don't really listen. So I'm asking you for real. I hope you're doing really well and I hope you're all settled down to listen to this next podcast. This is a beast. It's nearly two hours. So you might want to break it up. You might want to, um, you know, do it over a few uh, sessions. I've tried to before put it into like two parts and it just doesn't work out that well. So I kind of think if you've had enough listening to a podcast, you pause it and then you go back to it, hopefully. So anyway, I hope you really enjoy it. It's two mates just having a bit of a chat all about social media. So I've just been having a nice beach walk and having a wee coffee and seeing the most beautiful sunrise, uh, which has been amazing. And ofs, I had to take that perfect shot for the gram for Instagram to upload that. Um, although I work on TikTok stuff, I don't really do a lot of TikToking myself. More of an observer and learner and applier um, than actually doing it myself. So yeah, the best I'll get is uh, some, some reels on, uh, on Instagram. So on that note, it's that time of year again, maybe a little bit later than usual um, or announced. And it is our great friend of the show and my own personal social media guru, Alison Battersby, the founder of Avocado Social. And it's so good to catch up with Alison. We're about an hour before um, just chatting about everything and anything. We just haven't seen each other enough in the last little while. Then we did the podcast, which then has went on long. But I think, honestly, it's chocked full of really, really, really great stuff. And just uh, cracking open Alison's brain is always a great thing to do. So in today's show, we cover... Um, social media being more of a nudge tool than being a direct marketing or direct selling platform. That's something I've banged on about for years. Of course, there are elements of that. You can obviously ask for the sale and all the rest of it. But in the main, social media is all about reach, awareness, brand building, and nudging people towards actually shopping with you, dining with you, whatever it is. Some of the other subjects that we cover is WTF, Twitter, big question mark, so a little bit sweary there. Top tips for Instagram, TikTok, and more, of course. And then we stray into the brave new world of AI. And there's some big thank yous and shout outs for people that have sent me stuff and um, you know drew my attention to it a little bit more. Um, but you'll hear more of that on the show. So I really hope that you enjoy the episode. It was just so great to see Alison again. So have fun. It's a long one and I'll see you at the end of the episode. So it gives me the most all-seeing social eye pleasure ever to introduce my next guest who is Alison Battersby, founder, CEO and grand vegan cheese of Avocado Social. Hello. Hello Mark, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's a uh, been a long time, nine months since the last podcast. So it has. I was yeah. a little bit nervous for game day. Well, I've missed listening to the podcast, so I'm excited to hear your new interviews and yeah, get under the skin of some more people in the hospitality sector. Yeah, oh, it'll be great. I, I really can't wait to get back into it. I think it's one of these things where you go, have I got anything else to say? Or is there any, you know, is there something new I can bring to it? But I think, I think people just like the chance. And, yeah, you know. and there's always something new to try out as well, whether that's a new trend or whether that's a, you know, a, a new tool or feature that's come on the market. So yeah, there's definitely there's always, always lots happening. 
And I guess we've got uh, lots to catch up on in terms of uh, that whole couple of years that we won't mention. So, um, and, you know, in terms of that, I, th I think it is sort of coming out the wreckage and going, right, what's good now? What are the tips? What are the smartest strategies? You know, how can you make your hospitality venue busier? You know, also things connected with hospitality as well. I'm really keen to explore in this series as well. And yeah, just kind of have some fun ones, you know, and kind of some different ones. Because a lot of the time, you know, we, we do talk to a lot of familiar faces. And I think the most interesting ones are when you talk to someone a little bit different and they've got a slightly different view, um, you know, from outside as well. So, yeah, so I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so glad we've had about an hour's conversation <laughs> before I've started um, because it's been so long since we caught up. Um, I must say thank you to you as well for... Um, hooking me up with uh, BBC Six Music yesterday as well. I had so much fun delving into the Naughties day. So, oh, yeah. yeah it, it was, was so good. Yeah. I was listening from Lauren Laverne in the morning to Craig Charles in the afternoon, and they were just playing all the hits from yeah. the Naughties, all the great tracks. So I had to text you and just well, be like, are you listening to this? It's amazing. <laughs> well, I was in Zooms most of yesterday, so I managed to get it on. So people might still be able to get stuff on catch up, even, you know, when this goes out. But it was just like a full day, like Daft Punk, Caesars, Hot or Heat, yeah. MIA, MGMT. I mean, my God, it just took me back. So it was so yeah. much fun. It was Big great, smile on my face. It? Great, yeah. nice. All righty. And then, yeah, at some point, we probably should do a music podcast and see what's good this year as well. There's loads of great stuff coming out this year too. Definitely. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's, another, that's another story. We've had so many ideas, haven't we? I know, I know. Well, in terms of future guests, I'll need to absolutely credit you that you've, uh, you've, you've nailed a few that I'm definitely keen to talk to. So, and if anyone <laughs> listening wants to chuck in who they want to hear from, that would be good as well. So, um, yeah, so I guess this is us, what we do most years, which is, um, we've done it for many years, we're talking about this, you know, we're in skanky old rooms at the start, you know, kind of doing stuff, and then we've been in plus studios, and then we're at, we're at our homes today, um, using the windows of technology, but I think it was just really to start off 2023 in a positive sense, I think this January's felt harder than most, um, you know, in terms of weather, backdrop, strikes you know people's Cost attitudes cozy yeah. cozy living as uh, people are calling it like is it oh jokes. god i haven't heard yeah. that <laughs> cozy living i mean yeah i shouldn't laugh but oh my god so yeah and then we're just um you know all thinking about that and being really price sensitive and being really sort of mindful of the people who don't have as much as, as some of us have. And, you know, looking at the news the other night, things like going to warm banks and, you know, all these things. So I think people are not only thinking about I've ate too much and drank too much over Christmas, I've spent too much, but also it's I can't afford any more. Yeah, especially with the cold weather as well. Mm. I mean, I was just chatting yesterday about the top kind of Christmas presents from 2022 Christmas. Mm. And the number one item that, of course, blew up because of TikTok was a heated it's not in, blanket. It's not anything rude, is it? No, no. A heated blanket. <laughs> well, Very yes. much a granny yeah. item. Yeah. But actually, talking to quite a few people, you know, as we get stuck into 2023 on Zooms, I've been saying to people, you know, oh, gosh, are you, are you, are you well? Are you keeping warm? And so many people are having heated blankets yeah. on their on their laps while they're on yeah. a zoom call and it was the biggest christmas present of 2022 apparently well so. i got one i'm a, a single man living on one now and, and the advice was um heat the person not the room right so yes. 
Um, and a shout out as well to Rosie Posey in Brighton as well. Um, so Ms. Swaffer uh, was also invested in one of those blankets. Really? So we were having a bit of Twitter chat about that. Um, it's, but, the twi- uh, it's the TikTok trend as well. Mm. You know, TikTok made me buy it. Hashtag. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so. I mean, we're going to get into TikTok as well. I mean, there's so much to talk about there, especially the fact it's almost becoming a search engine in its own right as well, which is, which is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's that kind of backdrop. And then I guess, you know, the, the, the ask from me or the want from me, as usual, is just kind of saying, right, for everyone listening and any marketers, uh, operators, founders, whatever it is, just where can they put their energy and their efforts and what are the, the benefits and the watch outs really from the social channels that we have in front of us? And obviously that's forever changing. You know, oh, you know, absolutely. it's just like, um, and and you know, not before we go into things like AI and, and talk about all that jazz as well, which is you know, mind blowing. Um, I feel like from doing these podcasts with you for probably going on five or six years now, it's becoming even more important to, as you say, focus, laser focus your energy and your resource into the platforms and the tactics that are working, rather than spreading yourself too thin. Yeah. You know, I speak to so many brands and they say to me, Alison, I want to have a go at YouTube this year. I want to try out um, TikTok as well. We want to launch our new Instagram. And I am thinking, okay, are you adding more resource to your teams for yeah. this? No, we're just using the same resource, the same hours, the same budgets we have. That's near impossible. Yeah. So that is one of the key things that I think strategically you need to consider is if you're going to launch a new platform this year, have you got the extra hours and the extra resource um, slash budget for that? Because you certainly just can't do it with the same as what you've got. It does well, take think, a lot more thinking and content creation as well. Yeah, I mean, I get it every day with clients and um, it is, you know, how can you fit more into this you know resource and, and budget that you have and it is just impossible because you'll kind of fail across the board oh, so definitely I, and the amount of brands you see who are just copying or churning out the same content from instagram reels over to tiktok or, or yeah. the other way it just doesn't work yeah you know definitely. particularly if you've got uh watermarks on your content yeah so if you've got that tiktok logo on your instagram reel Instagram have said themselves they're not going to show it to as many people as they would have done Did had they? it not have that watermark on it. So wow, and I think as an Instagram user as well, you you kind of feel like a bit of a dinosaur that you're you're then in your head watching this bit of content and you're like, oh, I should I should be going over to TikTok or you know. So I I I don't think it should be you know the secret society or anything, but I think sort of flaunting it in people's faces it does smack a laziness or I'd expect it from an influencer or someone like that, you know, but from a company, you're kind of thinking, yeah, you're, you're, you're taking the shortcut there. But just yeah. while we're pulling on this thread, actually, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about was about teams and focus and budgets and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So it just perennially comes up, you know, one of the number one asked questions is um, how big should my team be? for the turnover that I have, um, how much money should I put into it? And I guess there's this um, friction, which is people aren't always seeing direct results from social. 
So therefore, when you try and bulk it up in terms of budget or resource or any of these things, um, then the directors will go no because it, you know, email's still more effective yeah. in cash terms. So yeah, what what are you sort of seeing in that area? I think the first thing to always go back to is why why are we doing social media? What is mm. our key goal? And the majority of brands use social media for awareness driving, for branding. So to then analyze the effectiveness of social based on sales or conversions is the wrong way to do it. Mm. Because actually you need to be looking at reach impressions. You need to be looking at if we have been fairly active in social, what effect has that had on our overall um, share of voice online? So those are the metrics to be looking at if that is your objective. I think that's really interesting because I've just got just a wonderful client on Scotland and um and I uh, love love working with them. They're just so forward thinking. And what you know, interestingly, what's coming up there is that they've been plugging away at a, a sort of so, a social media HR channel, like what it's like to work in that those places. And it's only like two years later that you're actually starting to reap the benefits, you know? Um, A bit like uh, SEO in a way, isn't it? You're plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. But yeah, a lot of the time as well, it really does depend on your product, what you're looking to promote through social. Because if it is that higher value product that needs longer consideration it's going to take a lot longer to start to reap those benefits yeah so it it is so bespoke based on the company itself yeah but then there's so many different ways that you can use social media to your advantage not just for branding and awareness we've seen so many recruitment campaigns Mm. happen you know hospitality rising to name just one via social And also a lot of brands are really utilizing their communities for market research now. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned to you earlier when we were chatting, the brand Neat Burger, who Mm -hmm. seem to be opening up new spots across the UK um, at a really fast rate, the vegan burger brand. And they more than once a week use Instagram stories as a way to find out opinions and perspectives of their community And that has helped them to launch new products and it's helped them also to make key marketing decisions about what to sponsor or, you know, where to take their burger van in the summer, which festivals. So they're really utilizing this community they've built up and that in itself makes the community feel like they are part of that brand. They feel like they own it as well, which creates huge affinity so there's some really clever ways to use social media now rather than just logging in, posting about your burger and logging out again. You yeah. know, we've moved on so much in the last few years. Well, I remember the all the Propel um, boot camps and stuff that we did. And, and I think the two of us were in sync when we talked about this. And it was like, social isn't a direct sales channel. You know, yeah. it can be if you place an ad and actually more if you're an e-com company you know, selling heated blankets um, or something like that, maybe more than hospitality. But, you know, I, I think that's something people just have still never got their heads around. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, from the clients that I've been working with over the last couple of years, 
I would say absolute kudos to uh, email. <laughs> it's still an absolute workhorse and, uh, and doing incredibly well. You know, bookings from social, you know, just aren't as big as as, as they could be. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I think it is just taking that in the mix. But then I guess from, from measurement then, if you look at awareness and all that, um, is there a way to then sort of try and bring that into pounds, shillings and pence or...? I suppose if you um, if you had a lot of data around how much how many eyeballs you were able to get in front of each month, mm-hmm. and then you could turn that figure into well, how of percentage wise, how many of those would then Google you or uh, go through to your website, and then as a percentage of that, how many of them would book? You could be on your way to starting to analyze return on investment. Mm-hmm. If you then didn't do social for one month and didn't gather as many eyeballs, does that have you know effects on your overall web traffic, share of voice, et cetera? And therefore, does that have effect on your bookings? So it's one of those things where unless you're kind of willing to be very experimental and maybe pull the plug on a few activities to see what yeah. the effectiveness is. The other thing that's getting a lot harder, Mark, is tracking. So because of a number of key privacy decisions that have been made over the past few years from both Apple and Google, um, it's going to be a lot harder to utilize web cookies to be able to understand what your audience is doing and to retarget them. So in 2024, next year, uh, Google is pulling cookies from Chrome. So cookies will be cancelled on Google Chrome. Now, there are alternatives that they're looking at instead. Um, The very, very basic explanation I can give of what that might look like is when you sign up to use Google Chrome, at that point, you either accept cookies or not, rather than a website by website decision. Uh Um, But that does mean that it's going to be very, very difficult to be able to uh, associate any online activity to certain activities um, Mm. like a a Google ad or a Facebook ad. It will be possible, but it's just going to look different and they're still kind of figuring out how that's going to work. So we're going through a bit of a transition period of tracking. And also, I don't know whether, you know, everybody is sort of aware of what's happened with Apple and privacy over the last two years. But in, um, gosh, 2021, or it may even have been 2020. 2020 maybe, yeah, I think. um, Apple brought out their big privacy update that allowed iOS users. So if you're on an iPhone or, you know, using Mac or any of their products, you can un-opt out or unsubscribe from any online tracking which means that sites that use things like the Facebook pixel won't be able to track behavior like if you made a ticket sale or a booking on a website and you're an Apple user and you've opted out for that tracking so that has made it very difficult for businesses who are using Facebook ads to know if their Facebook ads have been effective Now, there are other ways that you can track. So you could look at your own booking data and figure out, okay, when we launched that Facebook ad campaign, did the bookings increase? And when that Facebook ad campaign ended, 
did the bookings suddenly stop? But that does take a lot of resource and a lot of time and energy to really analyze uh, your data. So it has, on the whole, become harder to track social activity, which is why on a macro level, we're all saying now social media really should be considered as a branding first exercise Mm -hmm. rather than a a way to get you direct sales. If you get sales, bookings, ticket ticket sales along the way, brilliant. Mm -hmm. But overall, you're looking to get your logo, your name, your company mission, and just general recognition of your products and services out there. And ideally building a loyal community Mm. that will advocate you, recommend you, stand up for you. They'll continue to give you their business because they like what you do online. Yeah, I think that's good advice on those two points. I I think definitely I'm just seeing it as a front of mind exercise now Mm. is just keep being there. Yeah, you know, in a in a relevant way, but I hadn't thought so much about the the community, but we definitely should. And I think I remember, seem to remember when I was back at your uh, sushi like years ago. I remember we did some exercises around what a fan was worth to us. So we almost put them into a scientific experiment. Someone that wasn't a social media follower, what did they do? What did they, you know, as far as we could tell, put in a kind of control group, and then we. Um, you know, sort of fed some different, um, not so much offers and stuff, because that would skew the data, but just, you know, kept pushing what we were doing a bit online. And I think it was something like they were almost twice as valuable as someone that wasn't. And then I think there was a metric uh, sort of in between for the email database at that point. Um, But that was a long, long time ago. I mean, it was nearly 12 years ago, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we were definitely kind of looking down that way. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think it is just going to get harder in those you know metric side of things. And but then again, I've never seen social as a separate thing. You know, I think it has to be joined up with mm-hmm. your performance marketing, with your offline marketing, with your you know, if you're going to drive sales, it's a holistic thing. You know, it's definitely. not just because you know you that in its silo. The, yeah, when you think about the way you use the internet and the way you use your phone. It's not like you suddenly see a post from a pub and you think, oh, I'm going to go to that pub tonight. Mm. That rarely happens. You see a post from a pub. Yes, you think about it maybe for a split second, maybe for a bit longer. You maybe see another post from a pub the next day, the same pub. Oh, that looks interesting. Oh, yeah, must must get down there soon. Maybe it could be another two months before you actually walk in the door. But because you've seen that post pub posting and you've liked the look of the new menu or you think their pub quiz night looks brilliant fun or you've seen an influencer that you follow go and have a nice cold pint of Guinness there and you think, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that, too. Often just the way life goes, you're not going to get your ass down there quickly. And also that's the same with um, e-commerce as well. You know, I have a number of different products, as I'm sure many of your listeners do, that I'm still mulling over whether to buy or not. Mm-hmm. And I haven't made that decision yet, but they're kind of saved in my bookmarks or I get retargeted with these products every time I scroll through Instagram. And I probably won't make the decision to buy them or not after I've seen maybe eight, nine, ten 
posts about yeah. them or ads about them. Yeah. Because it's quite rare now that you will on impulse buy something for the first time if you've been served an ad or you see a post about it. Well, the key time for me to make that decision is either sober or not sober. It doesn't really matter which state I'm in. Is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. in the morning. That's yes. when I'll go, screw it, I'm buying it. You know <laughs> then... Exactly the same. Yeah. The number of Amazon orders I'm doing at like midnight. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, the, people, the people in my building have actually started kind of making a joke of it because like every day there's something has arrived from Amazon. Um, so yeah, that's my, my key decision time. So if anyone wants my business, that's when to to tout yeah. me. Um, yeah, it's but- true. And actually, it's interesting how many people save items in their basket until payday. Mm. Oh, That's actually a very, very known activity now, because if you've got items saved in your basket, a lot of e-commerce brands know that and can then use that data to send you an email. Mm. so have you had those emails before oh there's something in your basket you haven't completed the order waitros were always very good at it yes and um maybe naked wine as well Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. they're quite good at their general e-commerce email um kind of database yeah but yeah that it that is you know a targeting capability to be able to target and segment an audience that have things saved in their basket yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd actually like to maybe get some marketing teams from other industries to come on the podcast to just compare and contrast because mm-hmm. I still think, I mean, we all do you know, a good job in, in hospitality for sure, but I still think acting like an e-commerce brand in hospitality and being that analytical and if not, then this happens, gates and all that stuff, Um it's very, very different. You know, when I look at, um, you know, Holiday Extras, I, I sort of advise them and different people like that. And when I go back and I look at the teams and what they're doing and how smart they are, um, mm-hmm. and on the analytical sense, you're just going... And, but again, they've got bigger teams. And yeah. they've, you know, you're talking... I mean, I don't know what Holiday Extras have got, but, you know, the e-commerce brands in the main have got 10s, 20s, you know, and it's the people are lined up, whereas... Hospitality, so much is just under-resourced at all yeah, times. And absolutely. it's maybe someone that hasn't had the training and, you know, they're, 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 they're doing a great job, um, you know, regardless. But they just can't get to everything. Um, so well, it's what tricky. That, what that does make me think about is the, the key difference for me between an e-commerce brand and a hospitality brand is the level of customer care and experience. Mm. So I'll give you an example. I was... Um, I was DMing a pub on Instagram the other day mm-hmm. and I just DM them saying, Oh, you know, have you got, have you got any tables available Saturday night for dinner? And they got back to me within half an hour. Well, that was and, good. Yeah. And they said, uh, yeah, absolutely. Coming for dinner or just drinks. Let, let me know. And I said, and then did them, you ghost them? You just go through <laughs> them after that. Well, I actually <laughs> had a bit of a change of plans. I've got two young children. So, you know, you can't always, uh, be going out for dinner on a Saturday night unfortunately yeah, sure. childcare issues and Games I said days. to them I'm so sorry change of plans you know we'll come and visit you soon and they said they sent me back this really kind of tongue-in-cheek you know funny but really lovely message just being like no worries you know hope whatever you decided to do instead is as much fun as you'd have had down 
oh. down with us. <laughs> oh, and I just right. thought, yeah, that yeah. is brilliant because <laughs> comparing that to an e-commerce brand, yeah. um, if I replied to an email that I got from Amazon, yeah, that, you know, I'm not going to get through to any person. It's going to be robots. It's going to be, and you just don't get that level of customer care. So I think there's so much opportunity that hospitality brands can take in the, in the fact that they're having two-way conversations in social yeah. with customers and have fun with it. You know, that's the stuff that's memorable. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm delighted to hear they got back to you because you just don't know it. It's a lottery. Whether yeah. you'll, you'll get back. Um, actually, I um, emailed, uh, sorry, uh, Instagram DM'd a social media agency yesterday to try and help me with Brighton Fringe. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting on the answer. Really? So, you, you know, it just goes to show you'd be thinking they would be first to get yeah. back to you. Um, yeah. Or we'll have uh, some automatic yeah. holding message yeah. set up, which is free and super easy to set up in uh, Meta Business Manager now as yeah. well. I'm still waiting, still waiting. Right, well, well let's get into some uh, sort of questiony type yeah. things. So you wrote me a lovely wee note with your your thoughts. So we might as well go from the top. So uh, entitled Twitter, what the F? Yeah. <laughs> so WTF is yep. happening with Twitter right now. Mm. I mean, I, I'm speaking to quite a lot of different folks about this, whether it's people who are using Twitter as a journalist, um, as a company with B2B products, as hospitality brands, people like yourself, Mark, who are just prolific on Twitter and really great at tweeting about all kinds of things from music to food. So I'm really interested to hear what people's thoughts of Twitter is since Musk took over back in October, November time last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, the key things that are worrying people is number one, He got rid of a huge amount of staff. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that he did was he wiped out the moderation and accessibility teams, meaning that Twitter has become a far more dangerous, let's say, place Mm -hmm. for misinformation, for spammers, for bots. And a lot of the community moderation that was happening before is no longer happening. So... Mm. The first thing I'm interested to hear from people is, are you seeing a different Twitter experience to what you mm. were before? Um, and then, and we can get into that in a second. Yeah, yeah, and then the, sure. the second thing is he, Musk has launched or relaunched, I should say, the subscription version of Twitter called Twitter Blue, mm-hmm. which is $8 a month or $11 a month if you buy it through Apple Store. And it gives you the blue check mark. So you're guaranteed to get a blue check mark as long as you are a verified account, which means you've given them your phone number. Um, but also the products that are coming soon for Twitter Blue users are the ability to tweet longer form content. So your videos will be a lot longer than two minutes. And also you will be able to shoot to the top, or should I say in Musk's language, rocket to the top. Rocket. of the timeline and get right at the top of people's um, at replies, mentions, um, searches, because you're a Twitter Blue user. So it's going to give people who are paying a little bit more visibility than the minions. So that's a little worrying. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a big Twitter fan. It's one of my favourite 
channels. I think I was excited when he took over initially because I thought there would be so much innovation. Yeah. You know, I really thought, oh yeah, here's someone that really knows what they're going to be doing. What has happened is that's kind of went to the wayside. Um, he seems to, Elon seems to be a, just a super user. I mean, God knows how he keeps up with yeah. all the things he's got. He's gone back to people with like 79 followers. And so you're like, what are you doing? So there's kind of that. He's became like the biggest voice in customer care. Um, <laughs> he did a vote that then went wrong, which was, do you want me to stay on? And everyone said, well, it ended up Brexit type levels of, you know, split. Oh, did it go wrong? See, was it? Oh, maybe he's maybe loaded it. Yeah, maybe I'm being foolish. For a new CEO. Yeah, maybe I'm being foolish. But uh, so he he, he did that. Um, Twitter blue now kind of means nothing. I don't think for me as a user. Well, do you know, I would have if it meant something. So if, if, if if it just blurred the lines that the people have got blues already and you've got a blue and it all kind of melded in, I would have been quite happy to pay to jump the queue if you like, mm-hmm. because I've, I've tried a few times to get verified, but and I've sent them maybe like articles I've been in, but it just wasn't enough. I mean, quite rightly, I've got no right to have a blue tick. So, and, then they, and then they closed the application for it about three years ago and it's yeah. just impossible to get one. Yeah, really tricky. But then now they've got a gold tick, which mm-hmm. is that you're official so then the blue doesn't really mean anything. So yeah. what? And then have... the grey as well for government. Oh, is yeah. oh government, all right, yeah. yeah. Um, so so there's that. And then I think what they need to, what all they need to do is fairly simple. Make blue mean something. Yeah. So if, and, and get value from it. So this, you'll rock it to the top and you'll never know, I don't think, because <laughs> it's so, moving so fast, everyone's, um receivership experience is completely different you know in terms of what you see in your timeline i don't think you would you would know i mean i think as a brand you would if if you were big enough you'd want to get verified as the gold in some way if it's possible if you want to get the blue to try it see if it makes any difference then you can you can always stop it i'm sure yeah Um, you know subscription so yeah yeah, you can always unsubscribe but this coming soon, you've got no idea. So you'd be quite a fool, and I'm pretty foolish with money to be I'll buy in. But in terms of that, if you go, well, that's eight, what, what are you actually getting back for it? So mm. I, I don't think that. In terms of what I'm seeing on there, it's really difficult for me. It's not difficult for me at all. But what I mean is difficult for me to comment because I'm a white cis male. And, you know, like nobody really comes at me with any hatred and also i don't really put anything up there that i can get into i've I've, a couple of times i've put up not controversial but maybe commented on something in a kind of way and then people kind of attack you and i didn't like it one bit so all i do is put up super positive things at all times and if Mm -hmm. anyone puts in negative i just ignore it and that's it um so it's difficult for me to judge but if you are you know, female, for example, and young and whatever, then, you know, I'm sure there's guys trying their luck and saying nasty things and, 
you know, putting in your box and all these, it's just not good. So I don't know for me if that's went up or down. I've got no idea. However, what I have seen is um, certainly adult material sites spamming, you know, like tagging me into stuff. And it's like, well, you know, they've just obviously got the list from somewhere. Yeah. And then also, um, what's the other one? Uh, NFT. So just all the time, you could win this NFT. Here's the greatest advice ever. And I did sign up for or follow some crypto things and all that back in the past, but nothing, nothing huge. So, um, yeah, so so that's went up. Musk's kind of whole ethos was to get rid of the bots and to make Twitter a less botty place to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. um, Well, I'm seeing botties in both sense. (laughs) 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 oh oh yeah it's quite quite the timeline um so i i mean what can you do but i think uh, all you can do is block them but the problem is you block one obviously it just generates a new name and has another go at you the next day so block them is that's actually a signal isn't it in some way well also is there anyone on the other end of twitter right now actually looking at who's been blocked and you know getting i know it's probably in my imagination it's just going to an empty yeah. room of desks but um yeah. but it's mainly mainly things... uh nfts and crypto that's that's the main thing yeah. all the time you know it's just like and one of the things as well that has happened in the last week i think was there was a huge data breach of oh, over yeah. two hundred thousand mm-hmm. email addresses that have been taken from twitter i'm pretty sure i was uh affected by that because since then i've had so many spam emails oh, really? Yeah. So just be, be wary. I think what I'm advising my clients at the moment is really up, uh, analyze how important Twitter is in your marketing mix, because if it's, if it kind of wasn't really that important to you anyway, and you weren't really using it that much, you know, maybe it is time to retire your Twitter feed if it's not serving you. Mm. If it is an important part of your marketing mix, are your audience still there or have they moved across to an alternative social site you know a lot of people were talking about mastodon or hive before christmas terrible name Mastodon. yeah they saw a huge spike in new users but from what i've seen in terms of the data a lot of those people you know set up their accounts and never logged in again or the other bit of feedback i'm hearing about mastodon is it's just people regurgitating stuff that they're tweeting right so I don't, I don't think Twitter is going to go anywhere anytime soon in terms of disappearing because a lot of influencers and governments and important thought leaders are still active on the platform. Mm. But the question is, is you know, how safe and secure is your profile? Have you secured it by changing your password this year? Have you downloaded your data on Twitter? So if you were to lose your account, you still have a list of all the people that followed you mm. and all the people you followed somewhere saved. And another piece of advice I think is just, yeah, assess how important Twitter is for you because you know we, we're still not sure which way it's going to go at the moment, whether it is going to become this super, super Twitter tool that Musk has, you know, relaunched that is, so much better than what it was yeah. or whether those experiments will fail and whether people will just kind of get bored of it and move on to the next thing. Yeah. So- I mean, I, I, I don't see it as a, you know, 
you know, he's he's a, a worse evil than you know the, the sort of corporate structure I had before. I mean, it's as if you know Mother Teresa ran it before. I mean, that's not the case whatsoever. So I I think um yeah I, so I think intentions were they are I mean you'd rather he gave that money to charity, wouldn't you? You yeah. know, he just tried to solve world hunger with forty four billion or whatever. So yeah. yeah, there's a bit of that. But I think um the couple of things I would say in terms of using it. Customer service and listening, still, I would still do, you know, because it's quite a good area to to, to do that for sure. Um, also, I think algorithmically, if that's a word, if you, the, the, the way it kind of has worked for me, I think I'm quite sheltered. If you're really active in certain areas, I mean, I, in the true sense of the word, literally have two feeds. It's And it's just hospitality, food and drink and music. And and that that is my entire. That's mostly all I see, you know. So I think because of I've been using it quite a lot, it's kind of condensed it into it gives me what mainly I would want to see anyway. And and I think Twitter again, it's a brand DNA question, you know. What is Twitter there for? What's the positioning statement? And I think it's lost its way. And I think going back to breaking news, um, you know, and being a safe place to have discussion and grow communities and things like that, find out things, ask quick questions. I think we need to get back to that mm-hmm. and, and and just see that, you know, anything else is going in there. But, you know, it's one of those things that what, what are its, what is its usefulness as a brand? Well, the audiences we know, because it's the chart we show every year, and I'm sure we can get a link to it this, this year, to say, here's the size of the universe, of each of these pages and Twitter's always low down. And the thing that we always talked about was it was sort of not quality over quantity, but it was kind of stickiness over, you know, so many people logging in or whatever. However, there's a couple of instances I would say, and it's almost going back to, um, you know, 2012, uh, 2015, you know, that kind of era where I think getting into live tweeting is still a thing. So years ago, when I used to work um, at a music website, we used to uh, always get in advance what the X Factor songs were going to be that night. And also what the Strictly, uh, I Strictly, and Dancing on Ice songs were going to be. So then we could have content around those songs and then put links for people to listen to it and go and download it and all these things. So we're kind of ahead of the game. So I said to you off mic, uh, I've started watching Love Island as a, as a bored single man, mainly for Maya Jama, by the way. Um, but basically, you know, watching watching that, and I was sitting, I was going, oh, God, we've got to be advertising for Hospitality Rising. And it's cost prohibitive. It's about 120 grand to put an ad in the middle of Love Island like McDonald's have lately with their stupendously good ad. Um, the the eyebrow. Eyebrow. Oh my god! Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, just well done. To on a, on a side note about that, mm. they stuck it on TikTok, uh-huh. and it just doesn't work on TikTok. Really? Because they, sorry to interrupt your story, no, but do it. They, yeah, yeah. they haven't done it in the right frame. It's not nine by sixteen. Oh no! And the last bit, which is the call to action, fancy a McDonald's. It's sort of slightly cut off, and it just doesn't look great. <sighs> so. I made a mental note to myself to check back in to see if the social media manager has corrected it. Oh. But it yeah. was just such a shame. You know, the video. Yeah. The video was had like 
a couple of thousand views, whereas mostly their TikToks are getting, you know, in the tens of thousands. So I wanted to just check to see how it was performing today. But I just don't think TV ads work on TikTok. I mean... Well, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't put the TV on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, I think um, uh, just just well, while we're while we're talking about it, right? So, so, so much good with it. So, not a product in sight, not no really a call to action. Yeah. You know, no restaurants, no staff, no. And then, well, I guess it's staff in the in the office, but brand codes, brand codes, brand codes, brand codes. So, from the second it comes on, the lady's got the yellow and red on. Yeah. You know exactly what it is from that split second. It's amazing. Then, the arches on the post-it note you're like right yeah um and then there's the, the eyebrows thing and then you know go up and then traffic the cone end, cones and stuff traffic, that are red yeah. and yellow well done to michelle and the gang and everyone at leo burnett's and jesus just a master class it's, it's top five ads i think i've ever seen in my life yeah you know just it's so knowing so you know it's so um What's the word? Ah, oh, where like, cultural, relatable, relatable. Yeah, relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has done this. Yeah. Sort of Everyone's got eyebrows. You know, yeah. everyone's done that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just playing into that. But I think, <sighs> like culturally as well, you know, back to the office, back to work, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Coming that's out in true. January, but also the fact that yeah. so many people are back in the office after working at home for two years. It's that kind of let's get a McDonald's to cheer ourselves up style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that works. But as I said, I wouldn't have stuck it on TikTok. What I would have loved to see on TikTok was some behind the scenes bloopers. You know, what was it like filming this ad? I actually saw one of the actors comment on the TikTok video saying Uh this was so much fun to shoot. Uh So let's see what happened behind the scenes. That's the stuff I want to know on TikTok. And what it reminded me of when I was at Bartley Card, um, the water slide ad came out yeah. where the guy went through. And it starts off in an office exactly like that. Ah, and then he gets he gets stripped and then he goes into the he goes into the thing. So that kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. Hey, I'm Sam from Airship and Toggle. You might remember me from hospitality marketing campaigns such as Jetpack Santa, Toggle Time 2, or anything that involves Chico from The X Factor. Well, now we're delighted to be supporting the latest series of the Supersonic Hospitality Marketing Podcast and the wonderful human that is Mark McCulloch. Airship is the CRM system built specifically for hospitality, which integrates with over 100 tech platforms, including Vita Mojo. Hey, guys, fancy seeing you here. And allows you to build personalized, automated marketing journeys for your customers. Toggle is the hospitality gift card platform that integrates with your existing EPOS and allows you to sell physical and digital cards, as well as experiences, retail items, tickets, and more, both online and in venue. Both platforms are currently available half price as part of our budget-proof campaign, as we aim to support our sector the best way we know how. You can learn more at airship.co.uk or use toggle.com, or you can just drop me an email at sam at airship.co.uk. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. 
I took you away from your story. Oh no, it's fine. So Twitter yeah, live <laughs> tweeting. So um, so yeah, so basically, I looked into putting hospitality rising ads in Love Island. 120 grand is like, well, that's too much. So, and it's only for one, you know. So there's other ways to cut it, but one of the main ways is going to Twitter and advertise. And what I would say is it's so cheap at the moment. Because mm-hmm. no to one's ad- advertising, yeah, right? A so, lot of people pulled their ads. Yeah. So what we're going to do, and it, in fact, it should be happening right now, hopefully, um, or I've asked it to be, which is we're going to show our 15-second ads um, promoted. So we're going to do it in two ways. We'll do promote, well, three ways, actually. So promoted ads within uh, all the chat going on. So we'll target the hashtag, we'll target people who follow uh, Apprentice or Love Island. Um, and then, uh, what was the other thing? And then maybe the words, we'll see how that goes. So we'll target all those things and then we'll hopefully show up. And then there's a second way that we can do it where we get a little bit Gregsy or a little bit Specsaversy. Um, yeah. So we could do sort of like some memes maybe around that. So we need to see, I mean, if it's a bit cheesy or would make you feel a bit sick, we need to pull them. But um, the guys that are doing <laughs> it, are, are, you know, um, Saffron and A that we love creative, they've been amazing. So I think they'll, they'll do fine. And then I think there's a third thing that if we feel brave enough, we could actually get involved in the conversation, but that's a third stage. Um, so anyway, in terms of Twitter, that's the way I would use it. So going back to 2015, Gary Vaynerchuk, Jar Jar Jar, right hook. Think about your audience, and this is what Innocent do very well with the Great British Bake Off. Think about think about the audience that you're trying to go after, mm-hmm. and find out what media do they consume. What are they into? Yeah. You know, is your audience into Love Island? Well, if they are, go where they're talking about Love Island, and Absolutely. don't be fooled. They're not really talking about Love Island on mass on TikTok at that time. They'll do different things, but when it's on. The conversation is on Twitter. Yeah. You know, still, regardless of age, there's there's still kids on there talking, you know. So, um, yeah, that's what I would do. So think about the most popular TV, radio events. I mean, like last night, for example, Chicago Bulls were playing Detroit Pistons in Paris. Mm-hmm. Is you know is is your is your brand lids you know where you sell caps or have you got an Americana food brand that you could kind of tie into that or yeah. you know delivery takeaway while people watching it at home yeah of course oh, god yeah 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 well that's the other thing as well I'd say at the moment is uh, hospitality rising wise for that for a second um, I live in Brighton and uh, for the last month at least uh, you cannot get a Domino's pizza delivered they've got no delivery drivers. Really? Why is I, that? I guess people just they're struggling for delivery drivers. Oh, okay. It's not that yeah. they're so they're doing so well that there just isn't availability. Yeah. Yeah. God. It's crazy. So yeah, there's a, a big, big problem there. Okay, so Twitter. So main advice then is uh, you know, look at it from a conversational point of view, look at it from a customer service point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, just tread with caution. And actually for you to save some time, budget, energy. If you are on Twitter, maybe this is where you could find it to get into other channels that you're not in yet. Yeah. And and as you say, maybe, what's the word? Sunset it. Sunset it. I think yeah, you could sunset it. Pause it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <just> reanalyze. <laughs> re- reanalyze? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's on the comeback. Um, and, and I think it's going to be Lana Del Rey's year as well. Right, so TikTok... Um, yeah, ads. Yeah. What works, I mean, TikTok, what, what we, can, 
we can absolutely put TikTok and Instagram Reels kind of in the same bucket. Ben. Not to say that you should be, like I said earlier, churning out the same content on both. I think whether you're using TikTok or whether you're using Instagram Reels, there are a lot of similarities in terms of the way you should approach and storyboard a video, mm. what works well, or even if you're just getting started using either, what is a good entry-level video to consider? Mm-hmm. Well, I would start short. Mm-hmm. You know, don't give yourself too much work in terms of filming, shooting, you know, getting people doing a dance routine or some sort of comedy sketch. I saw yesterday a Cuban bar in Soho um, just do a simple Instagram reel, which was a pan across the bar with five or six of their cocktails lined up, already made. It looked beautiful, well lit. The video itself was six seconds long and they had just filmed it and added a trending sound on Instagram Reels, which was a good a good piece of music uh, mixed by a DJ. Mm. And that video had 35,000 views. Yep. So there are some really easy ways that you can approach Instagram Reels and TikTok just by using a well-shot, very short piece of video, mm. showing off your experience, your unique offering, you know, whether you've got a signature plate, whether you've got a particular drink that people come in for, maybe you've got a view from your Mm. bar or you're in a very unique spot somewhere in the UK that Mm. you could just film and add a little bit of trending music to and see how that performs. I think definitely from spending a lot of time on, on TikTok and Instagram reels over the last year, the one piece of advice I find myself giving everyone is, just keep experimenting. Not every single video is going to perform well. Don't worry if you bomb, don't delete it, just use it as learning. You know, that one didn't work. Okay, let's try something different. Mm. Or okay, that sound didn't work or the video wasn't quite well lit enough or the first three seconds weren't as strong as they could have been. Mm. Those are the sorts of things that when you get that menu of ingredients correct, that's when your video can fly and from a resourcing point of view i mean i worry about this all the time if you're a marketing team of one or two i mean how do you manage to do all that as well or you know how does it work i think well from from the brands that i'm working with who are doing this well so i think dirty martini who i work with have Mm. a really great approach to this as does haven the holiday Mm. brand who i've done some work with over the last year, both of them are using shooting and filming days where they're actually carving out time in the diary. Everybody knows that's when, you know, the marketing exec is coming in to shoot some TikToks or some reels. Mm -hmm. So that's when you've got your uh, cocktails, you know, made up looking great. That's when you've got your dance troupe in to, to be able to do the dance routine, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So you've, you've actually alerted people when that's going to happen and it's carved out in the diary. Of course, there will be a few opportunities where 
there may be team members in your organization who want to have a go at doing a TikTok or are, mm. are quite passionate about it themselves. So I work with a with a pizza restaurant chain and they have a couple of people across their six locations who are just really into TikTok. Yeah. So they want to be given that opportunity. So what we do is we utilize that enthusiasm enthusiasm by saying, we want to see a video doing this or this is trending. What's yeah. your take on it? So actually use that enthusiasm to challenge your team to create content for you. So you do have to think quite creatively and it's it's not easy uh, to suddenly be able to produce all of these videos. Mm-hmm. But that's also where creators and influencers can come in. Yeah, I was about to ask that question. How Where are you standing on all that? Because the flack that influencers get, I guess if I'm talking about influencers, I'm talking about Instagram more really, which is they're still kind of tone deaf, I suppose, writing to hospitality venues going, can me and mates come along for a free meal? Yeah. Um, you know, and then these poor folk are on their knees and can't even afford to put the heating on. Um, so that relationship's getting even more fragmented now. And I see a lot of, you know, chef um, owners and people like that just going mad about it, really. The power of these creators is actually not only to get your message out to a new community, but actually it's the content that they can create mm. that could be really, really valuable for you. So I have a client at the moment who doesn't have the manpower to be able to create 10 videos a month mm. for TikTok, which is what we figure we're definitely going to need to be able to really lift their TikTok account this year, minimum of 10. And so we're starting to think about using external support. Well, rather than hiring a video agency that's going to film 10 TikToks that's just going to take a lot of time, a lot mm. of budget. We're thinking, okay, let's get some creators in yeah. who are on TikTok already. They understand the nuances of the platform. They know what sounds are trending. They've experimented with their own content before. So they know what lighting works or whether it's presenter-led or whether it's you know film fast or slow or mm. whatever it is. And all we need to do is give them some free free hospitality you yeah. know some free drinks bring your mates in maybe there might be some money that exchanges hands we might pay them we haven't decided yet you know a couple of hundred pounds each yeah. but the difference between a video agency doing that and someone that spends their time living and breathing tiktok is going to be what will make those videos successful or not i think yeah. this is my view on it so oh, i think you're right i think yeah, utilizing creators is a really good approach for both TikTok and Instagram Reels. Yeah. And let's be honest, if you're not creating video content for your social, you will get left behind yeah. because the platforms are all about video now. Well, I saw the other day, I'm sure uh, it was something around TikTok and it was saying the TikTok audience actually expects to be sort of sold to. They kind of know the content will be brought to you by something, you know, and in and, and some of the ways, you know, in that with the content you're seeing, some of it's just sketch, 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 whatever. Let's say it was a kind of more comedy artist, but they know kind of one in six is going to be, you know, a, 
a skit that's all I'm thinking about Jack Monroe actually. Uh, is it Jack Monroe? Jack something? And he's a he's a kind of comedian guy. And mm. basically he basically he says um you know he's he makes it really obvious it's a plug, you know? Yeah. And he's kind of saying it was all about moisturizer, but he does one of these kind of two-way things that there's him as the kind of straight guy and then him as the kind of crazy guy and is kind of going back and forward that kind of That's tried cool. and tested way. But yeah, and, and the sort of limited experience suppose I've had in it, you know, through a couple of clients was just, yeah, just give it to the content creators and basically say, we need you to get these key messages in. We need you to end up here at this yeah. flag. How you get there, that's up to you. And yeah. some of the videos that came back just curled my hair. Like, I was just like, there is no way we are putting that with, with our brand. And then we put them out. And then, lo and behold, that's the one that's, you know, 40% of all the sales happen from. Yeah. So you just go, you just never know. So the way I was... um you know, sort of, because I was kind of going through a bit of a journey on it myself to to make sure I wasn't being too precious and just kind of letting the creators do it. But one of the things was um, I thought about Top Gear and I was just a bit like, would it make you buy a BMW any less if they blew one up? Because if you're the brand manager of BMW, you're going, oh my God, they're, you know, cutting the doors off and blowing it yeah. up and, you know, whatever. And the answer's no, it'd probably make you buy even more because you were yeah. entertained as you were, you know. Yeah. So um so no memorable. Yeah, but I think I have slightly hung up my boots uh on that and that I've just realized I'm a bit old to be super involved in things. Like I know what it does and I know how to get the best out of it and stuff. But yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I better like, you know, <laughs> I'm just well, like <laughs> I mean, the thing I hear time and time again is wow, it's just such a time time sucker TikTok. Mm, and yes. actually the data is suggesting that younger people so people under the age of 25 are spending more time on TikTok than any other internet site mm. and Google are worried for sure and you mentioned earlier in, in in our conversation that TikTok is becoming more of a search engine and one of the biggest changes they've made in the last few months is the ability for your captions now to be searched for so wow. any word in your caption is ranked within the search yeah so if yeah. i wrote a caption on my tiktok post i love this pizza yeah. and someone searches for pizza my post may show so that's you know essentially becoming a different way of a, an alternative to google yeah and the vice president of google said last year at a conference that they're actually, you know, feeling quite worried that younger people, so this is under the age of 25, will prefer now to search for ideas of where to eat on TikTok rather mm. than Google. Yeah. yeah. So TikTok has become a really important place for you to have a presence as a hospitality brand and also to make sure that the content you're posting is optimized for search. Yeah. So if I was a cafe in Manchester, I would definitely want to be getting words around brunch, around coffee, around, you know, my avocado on toast, whatever it is in my captions so that mm. anyone in Manchester and the word Manchester is yeah. searching for brunch or breakfast inspiration. My cafe comes up top on TikTok. 
is, is phenomenal. And when you, and I, I kind of love it from a geeky marketing point of view, like when brands get so big that they've maxed out optimized performance marketing and their own channel, and then they have to go to traditional marketing to actually get even wider reach. So over Christmas we had, and still going now, the TikTok TV campaign, mm. you know, doing actual proper ads. And it yeah. seemed to be sort of three pillars that I found really interesting that I'm certainly focusing on for my clients. One was search, as you're talking about. One was kind of education. Um, yeah, they're still going down this kind of um, learn on TikTok. Yeah, which is stealing a bit from YouTube. You know, there's a bit of, you know, yeah. I've, I've did it the other night. I was fitting a, a shower head that I managed to break um, and, and the thing, and I'm hopeless with that stuff. So I searched on both and both had great videos on both on how to do it. Um, and then the third one was about community. So they have a book club called Talk Book. Yeah, Book Talk. Yeah. Book Talk, sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think they're trying to create all those communities within well, which is really interesting well, um if you go into a waterstones or a foils mm-hmm. the thing now is that they have a stand called trending on tiktok no yeah really yeah i've seen that shared quite a lot now on wow. social so the bookshops are you know nodding towards what is big on tiktok and the other thing that we're going to see more of is um, that kind of labeling coming into perhaps even high street stores like Boots or Sainsbury's, you know, this product, mm. I can imagine I it on- Boots down the beauty aisle, you know, this mm. mascara is the top mascara on TikTok. Yeah. So I think it is going to bleed into our day-to-day lives a lot more. As and recommended by Fitwaffle, who, you know, is just so famous now I don't even can't even talk to her anymore I know this, <laughs> and, and it's so funny how it all goes full circle because now the book publishers are looking for names on TikTok mm. to decide who to do who to give books deals with yeah deals yeah. With. yeah yeah so it well, the, all goes yeah fast <laughs> goes forward around. that'll be all the tv presenters all the radio uh DJs you know all the rest of us that's yeah. the way it'll go but um, I yeah, so I'm, okay, yeah. I'm still seeing brands approaching TikTok in the wrong way, you know, putting their most polished, you know, graphic design or their sort of very much TV ad looking yeah. content on TikTok. And that's just not it at all. So if even if you're, well, I would be so bold as to suggest that you just give TikTok to one of your members of staff or one of your enthusiastic team mm. to manage and just see what they come up with. Yeah. So I've, I've seen a few pubs do that, you know, yeah. give it to the bar staff yeah, and just see what they can do with it. And it's funny how those things go full circle as well in all the years that we've worked together because there's just been this constant in-venue, head office, in-venue, head off, and it's just that constant sort of thing. But I, I think, you know, the more you can... Uh, as it would seem, democratize, you know, making of content, but have a solid process for doing so. Yeah. Um, I think that would be the way to go. And I, I think with TikTok, there's sort of three angles, isn't there? I think, as you say, there's venues can help with content and probably better than you can, you know, so it's best 
not to have the ego and, and just let it go. I think working with content creators is a must and getting your brand to their audience. And I think it's far stronger than Instagram. Like, I think it's a much more expected thing. Um, and then there is that sort of, um, you know, that sort of community side of things, you know, and and UGC side of things, you know, getting just the audiences to, to, to sort of look at your brand. But again, any hospitality brands listening, you know, if you do have a cookbook or, a, you know, you've authored something around hospitality or start looking into how you can promote it on TikTok and then you can get on that wee table that's at the front of Waterstones. Yeah, um, so yeah, go and, go and sort of full circle. Is there any other TikToky Instagram reel type things before we move on? There's nothing that stands out to me, but as with these these things, they're constantly bringing out new features. Mm. You know, whether that's a new editing tool or a brand new filter, or there's a track that everyone's using. So it is worth keeping an eye on the uh, trends of both. And actually, I'll give you a good tip. Mm -hmm. There is a social media scheduling tool called Later. Mm-hmm. may or may not use and on their blogs which are great resources they have a weekly roundup of the top trends on instagram and tiktok so whether it's filters whether it's memes whether it's sounds they actually just put together a list for you uh, which is so handy and gives you loads of inspiration That's so do cool. go and check out the later blog That's cool. All righty. So moving on then, um, do you know what's sort of telling here is you've not even listed Facebook as a discussion? I haven't, have I? Is it over? Is it done? No, it's not over. It's just they're not really doing anything innovative in my opinion. I mean, the thing is, I am still working a lot on Facebook ads. You know, we still run a lot of Facebook ads for our clients. We still advise on how to set them up. We do training. But, and the audience is still there, Mm. Um, you know, contrary to many reports, Facebook still is the most visited social media platform in the world. So it's absolutely worth still advertising there if you have been doing so already, or even if you're thinking about advertising online, that would be the first place I would consider Mm. because it is the cheapest, Um, but they're just not doing anything really exciting other than kind of copying a few features that they've already launched on Instagram. It sort of feels like they're um, getting a bit desperate lately and uh, every time I go into it, I've got an alert and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And it's honestly like every single person pretty much that I follow, if or just friends, um, when they post, they now alert me that they've posted something that I'm not even tagged in. And it's so boring it's so draining and so now I'm just don't update me don't update me so that's going to disconnect me from all the people that I actually want to hear from but it's just I've got that I don't know what it is you know ADHD type thing or whatever where I just can't see the red light I just don't want to see one where I've got to nullify it so it's just like when you've got that it's just it's just exhausting just yeah it's like it's the new the news feed that they redesigned for last year, which has the kind of separate tabs for, you know, group activity, businesses you follow or friends and family it is quite confusing in terms of user experience. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that as a social media consultant. So yeah. I can't imagine people uh, really having a smooth experience if you're not from a digital world anyway. But one of the things that I would, my theory behind Facebook, and this is from months and months and months, as I'm sure many other social media managers listening to this also witness, months of bugs and broken links and things that don't work in Mm. the back end of Facebook, particularly if you're running ads, there's so much wrong with it. My theory is they're kind of putting all their top minds and creatives and developers on the metaverse and they've just kind of left Facebook to, you know, just get on with things and and they're not really that focused on improving the product but then metaverse has gone quiet well they're very much thinking it's not going to be it's going to take a few years to Mm. kind of get it ready and i think mark zuckerberg has even said it's going to take about a decade for people to get even used to the idea and start really using it yeah so what they're doing at the moment is they are building innovative test cases of it okay so that they can say oh look cambridge university used it for xyz and the government used it for this conference that they ran online and you know i don't know i'm making these up by the way um but yeah just to show music used it for this and yeah yeah i I think until they get we get the hardware solution right yeah. You know, because, you know, we can't all be walking around with headsets on and oh, it's got so many limitations and, you know, and then the new headset they've brought out, I mean, it's like unaffordable. It's like three or four grand. But the it's people just, that you know. I do know who have headsets say that the best thing about it is play is for playing games. Right? Oh, it's that's, phenomenal for playing games. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. The, the, the thing that people are using it for. Whereas I think, I feel like Facebook are trying to push it too much for quite serious stuff like having a conference or meeting or going to a doctor's appointment or using it in have you seen that tv advert where you know surgeons are using it to train no to pretend to do surgery on someone but they've got a headset on and they're not actually doing the surgery but it's a good way of sort of training to do it it's maybe because they don't advertise in the middle of uh, love island that's why i'm watching that that's (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's mainly what i'm watching Um, uh, (laughs) i think a couple of other anecdotes on that. I've heard, you know, I've been reading a few articles about Metaverse and supposedly Facebook executives, you know, right up at the top, they want all of Facebook meetings to be happening right now in the Metaverse, you know, not on Zoom, but you've got to go in the Metaverse and have your meeting with someone. Mm. Well, over half of Facebook's workforce don't own a headset. Oh, that's helpful. So how are they meant to... Yeah, yeah. do that so there definitely seems to be um a bit of delay and a bit of resistance amongst people who work at facebook so until yeah. they've solved that i don't see the general public really embracing the metaverse yet yeah that's not to say i don't think it will ever happen i think maybe you know like the internet it took a long time for long people to get their heads around it and for it to work yeah. well one of the moments i always think about is Brent Holberman at lastminute.com, you know, um, when I was there. And I remember an interview with him from 1998. And he was basically, you know, telling the future, going, this is what's going to happen on mobile. And he's like, and and at that point, 
we had the WAP thing oh, that yeah. was like a dodgy kind of text uh, based, you know, thing. But yeah, I'll see if I can dig it out. Some a bit. It was famous, uh, the famous phenomenal. Bowie interview. It's a well, bit like that, you yeah. know. Honestly, I mean, Brent such with, with a, uh, Paxman. Yeah, it? it's Paxman. A, it pops up every day that one. But um, it's it's amazing how he did it. You know, it was just amazing. Um, and then I remember hearing about Peter Gabriel because I worked for his music website. Okay. So it's kind of musician, and he said, "There's going to be one wire into your TV." And all your channels are going to be on it, like, and it won't be BBC, and it'll be all these different channels. And like, this wow. was back around the same time as um, Bowie saying that stuff, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's all fascinating. But I remember Brent talking about mobile technology, and and I don't know if he described it as that, but I always see these things as like a beat a max step. And I think that's that's what the headsets are. It's not right yet until it's yeah. projections, implants you know, and done in that yeah, way. And, and and yeah, and as seamless yeah. as that. And I'd be yeah. first in the queue. I love all that stuff. But um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. And then I guess while we're tugging at that thread then, we might as well have a wee chat about um AI and stuff. Yeah. So what's happened, I've been a bit behind on this, right? And okay. I feel I feel really guilty um about it because you know, it's guilty. It's hard to keep up. Oh no, but it's just it's my job, right? So you know, it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like people are looking to me to know if I know what I'm doing. So anyway, I've got my great uh, client Kenny uh, up in Scotland that runs Buzzworks, and he's yeah. really techy and really on it. Anyway, you know, and anyway, we got into a wee chat and we're having a few jokes here and there, and then he talked about Chat GBT, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know. I, I don't. I think I just kind of laugh. I, I didn't, didn't quite caught what he said. Um, and then he was like, have you not seen this? And basically, if, for anyone that doesn't know, I took like a month off at the end of last year and I just totally zoned out, you know, just like absolutely did nothing, watched box sets and whatever. And this is when AI all kind of happened. So I kept getting Yeah, it launched in November. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then also, Mark, in December is when everyone's predicting the trends for next year. Yeah. So, so that was like the time when I think <laughs> I heard about chat GPT on about three webinars in one week, mm. uh, sort of around the first couple of weeks of December. But yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what chat GPT is, it's essentially the best, most powerful chatbot that has ever been created. Mm. It launched in November. With a terrible name. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's hard to say <laughs> yeah. as well, isn't it? Uh-huh. And actually, people are now just calling it GPT. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard that one last Gipped. week. Yeah. So it's actually, I just heard from my business partner and husband, Richard, that the company behind it is called OpenAI. Mm-hmm. Guess who the biggest investor slash owner of OpenAI is? Musk. Yeah. 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 That's what it's I thought. Daft. He's got his fingers in all the pies. He's no daft, that man. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So it's. I mean, we've heard of chatbots before. I'm sure they were one of the biggest trends maybe like three years ago when people were sort of setting up chatbots on Facebook Messenger and you could send, you know, Lego yeah. a message and they'd send you one back. Or even in the world of customer service, you know, a lot of these um, chat windows where you're talking to O2 or British Gas or someone, they're all powered by chatbots. But the issue is, is chatbots do have historically been a bit rubbish and Mm. not given that human experience that we all crave and need whereas this chatbot is different because it has been trained by huge amounts of data and computing techniques and it makes 
incredible predictions by stringing together words, sentences, paragraphs, all kinds of things. But it's so realistic. It sounds like a human. So you can go on to chat GPT yourself. It's a free website. You don't even have to sign up, but you know, you get very quick access to it. And you can ask it essentially to do whatever you want, your homework. You could ask it to do, to write you some social media posts, which many social media managers have been doing, you know, write me 20 posts about how to market my coffee. Yeah. Um, And it can create so much for you automatically. And the scary thing is the reason why this tool has been creating such a lot of chat is it's so good. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people use it for, like I said, copywriting, you know, write me 20 LinkedIn hooks I can use to promote my social media consultancy services. Or can you give me 20 ideas for upcoming TikTok videos I can film to promote my pizza? The more detailed the query you give this tool, the better the results you'll get. Mm. So if you can be quite descriptive or to give it data to have a look at. So you might want to give it your Instagram handle so it can go and read all of the stuff you've previously done Uh and then write new captions for you. But the opportunity and the possibilities right now are quite endless in terms of how you could use ChatGPT. People have written books using it so far. <laughs> That's how I'm going to write my book. There's been quite go. a lot of interesting user cases of it. And I think we're just this year going to see so many ways that AI can be built into social media to make it easier for people to manage with the ever challenging uh, need to keep your social media up to date. Yeah. There, there there's is, so many, so many possibilities. It's, it's, it's yeah. mind blowing. Mind yeah. blowing. So definitely so, go and have a look at it if you haven't already. Well, there was a couple of things I was going to say on it because obviously because I felt caught out, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Um, I, I then started sort of scrambling and having to look. So, uh, so thanks again for showing me. It. So basically, um, one of the one of the biggest things. Oh, actually, I put two and two together because I, I was away uh, off for the month here. I was off in Tenerife. And I did have a wee look on Twitter or something. It's twenty nine. Some days, really nice. Um, so I was having a wee look, and um, anyway, this thing came up, and it was starting to talk about the totality of AI. Mm. So obviously, chat chat in general is one bit, but it's a one tiniest of the possibilities, right? So um, it then started talking about Spotify unwrapped as AI and it was talking about image stuff. So um, so that was all cool. So that was kind of bubbling away in my head. Then Kenny showed me this thing. Next episode, I hope, or in a couple of episodes time, I'll be talking to a AI head at Ogilvy to try and get a bit more info. And um, what's interesting is um, when I looked at uh, AI stuff last night, because I knew we were going to have this conversation. Brent Hoberman that I just spoke about who started lastminute.com, his investment company has just launched a fantastic uh, article on it. So I'll put a link to that in the thing. So this is a real quick read of 
some of the capabilities, right? So text, code, images. So things like you can put into, I don't know if it's chat GPT or it's another bot, but you can put in, I want to see, um, you know, Hermione from Harry Potter uh, as Donald Duck. Yeah, and it just does it like that. So there's, there's the so that's and then um, I know you've spoken to him on a previous podcast, uh, but Chris Branch. No, um, what's he saying? Um, well, he if you follow him on LinkedIn, I do, but I've not seen him for a while. I don't know what's happened there. All of his posts now are AI. Oh, so he'll do things like, what happens if Nike designed a pair of Harry Potter trainers, and he'll let the AI. Create these cool Nikes, or what happens if um, Star Wars did some Lego featuring the Friends characters, and it kind of like amalgamates ah, them all. Yeah. And so, do you have a look at his LinkedIn because he's using this first um, branch? Yeah, I'll talk about AI. He's a smart lad. Yes, and a lot of his posts on LinkedIn, which are. Um, uh what's the word you know going viral essentially sorry to use old lingo there but very very high engagement the tool he uses i believe is the um the tool called mid journey and mid journey is text to image ai so you put in your query in text and it makes an image yeah. so yesterday on linkedin i shared a popular article that's been doing the rounds this week on linkedin where somebody has put together what if patagonia collaborated with ikea wow what would that look like as in terms of you know sofas cushions curtains and there's some amazing pictures that it just makes you think oh my gosh they need to collaborate because I, I want that sofa Is it just a sofa <laughs> made out of rock yeah, <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's those blues and the pictures of the mountains yeah, and the yeah, purple. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's some brilliant stuff going on online. And actually, a lot of the chat around AI is happening on LinkedIn. Mm. So if you search on LinkedIn for hashtag AI or hashtag chat GPT, you'll find a lot of this creative, creative posting as well. That's amazing. So yeah, so text, code, images. And what we're talking about it was with a, someone the other day, I was like, you know, your financial state, yearly statement, you know, you need to write a book, you know, of your financial stats and all that. That could be done, you know. So text code images, education, kids, you know, we thought at school, I'm old, we thought at school was bad, we couldn't take a graphic calculator in with us, never mind anything else. But can you imagine now, you just put in the exam question and it comes up. And then what they're talking about is when the exam question is set, the teachers won't have to mark any work anymore either because it will just go through AI. Wow. They'll, they'll judge. But then what you can do as a kid is you then put your um, essay through five or six filters, which then fills the school, college, or university reader, which means then you'll pass. But as a, as a kid, educated, you'll not know anything. So... I don't, do you need to get plugged into the matrix or, yeah, I don't know how people are going to actually learn stuff. It does throw up a lot of moral questions. Ethics, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in the education system and they were talking about, well, what if we let uh, students take Google into exams? So 
yes, they've got Google, but the, the question is, can they use it? Can they put the right queries into Google to find the right information? And can they determine what's true and what's misinformation as mm. well? So I think there's going to be a lot of focus on that, or there should be in education now is, okay, yes, there's some information here, or there's a picture of this person in history doing this on Google. Does yeah. it actually mean that that happened or was that AI? Yeah. And how do you determine what's real and what's false? Yeah. And it, uh, oh my gosh, it's such a, a mind. Wait, wait, to hear the rest of this though. It's, it's amazing, right? You've got to read this article. I'll put the link in the thing. Honestly, it's phenomenal. Okay. So audio. So you could put in, what would it be like if um, Barry White was the singer of Oasis? Oh, wow. Just do whatever you want. Oh right. my gosh! What can I get Stephen Fry? You missed his example in, in Brent's article uh, to read everything from now on. Wow, gosh, that's so nuts! Because then that that can affect that's going to affect so much. That's going to affect you know what samples are used on the latest Kanye West songs, or mm. you know, he could use anyone. That's even a bad example. He's been cancelled. That's a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go with someone else. Jay Z. Um, so yeah, you know, but and what does you know what does uh, you know Coldplay with um, you know uh, Anthrax sound like? You know, it's just going to be unbelievable. So um, and then so videos the same. So I guess you could go do a mashup between Goodfellas and White Lotus. What happens? There? Well, I suppose that's a good example because one of the actors is in both. So you know, you could you, you know, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, so, like, what's the copyright behind that? Can no yeah, way. that's back in ethics. That's it again, and isn't it? Yeah. If you are Chris Martin from Coldplay and you didn't like the way that that track sounded, can you sue? You know, what's Probably. the Oh, there's so many questions here. We've opened the, up a box of I don't know. That what. is so exciting. So data, uh, things like Spotify Unwrapped, and so I guess presenting data in pleasing ways back to people. Yeah. Uh, that's very exciting. Gaming and 3D, obviously, biology and science. So we'll become our own doctors. Wow. So you'll go, hey, it's not Google, but you know, hey, whatever. Uh, can you prescribe me drugs for the type of cancer that I've got that fit with my lifestyle, my age, my demographic, and it'll cure it in three months? Yeah. Done. Um, so that's phenomenal. Um, e-com, obviously, in products. So, for example, in, in Brent's article, when you, or, you know, Brent's company's article, when you go into um, Amazon, you know, like, I mean, I've, sitting in my sitting new flat a couple of years old and I'm still going I don't quite have a picture that fits that space exactly or you know forget it you just go in and go I want exactly this at this size that looks like this color or this sample of fabric I've got or it's the a-team you know doing a fitness class who knows so you can just you know do all that it's amazing then there's new jobs are created right so um Prompt engineer is going to be one of the biggest jobs in the world. Gosh. So what? how can you second guess what people are actually going to ask for? Yeah, or use live data about what queries you're getting in yeah. to continue to shape your yeah. AI. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then the last couple of things are ethical questions, as you said. So, yeah, cheating, plagiarism, copyright, yeah. deep, deep fakes. 
an identity fraud yeah. is yeah. going to be massive. Yeah. Um, and then there was something I didn't understand about generating blockchain and stuff, but I don't understand that. So you just, <laughs> so we'll just pass over that. Yeah. So you're just going. Yeah. I mean, come on, this is great. I know. I think. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of lawsuits this year. Mm. I can feel that coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and there'll be. I my prediction is a couple of like big, deep fake, controversial situations that happen. We could, it could start that. a war. It I could, think we're going to go a bit Black Mirror this year. Yeah, it could start a war. It could solve yeah. a war. Yeah, um, Putin could say X, Y, and Z tomorrow. Yeah, so it's crazy. And then, so the very last thing on this before we move on was um, GPT-3, which is kind of roughly what's been happening now-ish, I believe, was 175 billion parameters. Um, and the cost was 4.6 million. Um, the cost to build it. The cost to build it, apparently, which I don't well, think. No, no wonder Musk's behind it, then. He. Yeah, it must be four point six million. Doesn't seem that much, uh, or maybe it's billion. It must be billion. Um, no, I think it's billion. Sorry, it must be billion. And then G point uh, GPT four, which they're um, actually attributing to being more like a human brain, has a oh. hundred trillion parameters. Wow. Um, I think we did the maths on the call with Kenny and it was like something like you know, 3,000 uplift. But basically, eventually, by 2032, it will require minimal investment because it will just be self-learning. It's going to go down to the millions of what you'll actually have to put into it. Gosh. <laughs> it's pretty nuts that they've made it free. Like it's an open, free tool. Yeah, for the, but I, I, I guess the internet is to a certain extent. Yeah, that's true, way. Google, etc. But someone, it, I mean, they'll, they'll monetize it in ways you would have thought. There's got to be ways that they'll monetize it, yeah. Because I guess, like, people just wouldn't have used it if there was an initial subscriber fee. Yeah. A oh, very niche. Yeah, yeah. No, it's phenomenal. So, yeah. So, yeah. don't take a holiday, I think, is my... Um, that's yeah, my advice for any budding marketers. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just unbelievable. And it, so, then, next couple of things, then, um, you know, you were talking about um, tools like Canva. I was just wanting to touch on YouTube as well. You know, um, YouTube is always the forgotten one. Um, yeah. Just wondered what you were seeing on that for this well, year. Well, YouTube launched Shorts last year, which is their version oh, yeah. of TikTok. Um, so it's 15 second vertical clips that are being used mainly actually to promote channels. Mm. So if you've already got a channel, you can actually use shorts to pull people back towards your longer form content on your channel. Um, and you know, same sort of style we're seeing on TikTok. It is more rough and ready content. It's not as polished, mm -hmm. but a lot of people are using sound bites from longer form content that they're hosting on their channel to pull people in, you know, trailer style content from shorts. They're in a bit of a battle at the moment with TikTok to try and attract the biggest creators because they're about to start giving, um, giving creators on YouTube um, monetary rewards for utilizing shorts. Yeah. So creators will be able to make a ad revenue cut 
um, because ads have been launched on shorts as well. I think a lot of a lot of people who I talk to about YouTube, a lot of brands in the UK are using YouTube as a video depository, you know, yeah. somewhere to store the videos that they're then maybe hosting in an email or on their website. Mm. And yeah, if they're racking up some views, great. If they're not, it's not the end of the world. Mm. But if you really did want to take your YouTube to the next level, and of course it is a brilliant opportunity because it does have a huge user base and also it's used so much for search and discoverability. But if you do want to make an impact there, you're going to have to invest by creating more content or unique content on that platform. And I think that's the reason why people don't talk about it more or Mm. get so excited about it because YouTube in itself could be a full-time job. Yeah. I think so. I think the production quality you sort of need to have it quite high. You know, I I watch a lot of um sort of tech videos on microphones and podcasting and you know, and the way those guys do it, you know, the room's well lit, the sound is incredible, they Even cut really like well. The bespoke thumbnail on top of the video yeah. to entice you into watch it. Yeah has yeah. to be on point yeah and that, that's and that's where my head hurts a little bit when you go at the end of that video that leads to that video and then what happens at the end of the next video and you know and you yeah. start getting yourself all kind of confused so yeah I mean I think at the very basics of it when we used to teach at Propel and stuff was and you know hopefully we, we will again at some point we need to think about that but I think you know in terms of that you kind of go well there's get your recipes on there at least you know at least have a chef doing and I think that advice you gave earlier is really a good one and I think one that we've learned from fashion and I think you told me about this which was you know House of Fraser back in the day I don't even know if they still exist was um you know they would have a full 24 hour shoot and it is like no one is sleeping this is the new season of clothes we are going to absolutely rinse this film as much as we can and then the job's editing. You know, yeah. we're not going to do, well, that coat's that day. Wednesday, we'll do the umbrella. Thursday, we'll do the handbag. It's just like, bang. So I, I think with YouTube, there's a little bit like that. Probably set your year out, have two or three filming days, you know, just at least to just get some recipes. At least if you're a pizza brand or a burger brand, or at least be there when people are searching yeah. for how to do a burger. I mean, just with some personal stuff for me I'm kind of having to look at you know sort of gut health and, and vibrancy so I'm just going to be going all down that journey where I'm going to be searching for you know smoothie brands good gut things and and actually there's such a for so many of the brands out there um that, that do have dishes that are good and better and there's a whole population we we're talking about communities earlier population and community that would you know actually feel good because there's an overwhelm of all the food content you get back and if it came from someone that was like crush the juice brand or join the juice or someone like that I would trust it more oh definitely I think there's a reason why so many people's go-to is Jamie Oliver on YouTube yeah because he's invested almost a decade of Mm. content and has a team that are dedicated to releasing recipe after recipe on the platform yeah and you know every single recipe he's pretty much ever created you can find it for free on youtube yeah 
And um, I, if I think it's not him presenting it, it's one of his family members or a friend of his doing yeah. it. So yeah. he's built such a huge community there. And, and I, I, I think that understanding of YouTube's low as well, you yeah. know, where you can see there's been a change of staff or, you know, there's inconsistency in the videos and the way that they're presented and the way that they're lit. And it's like, oh, we'll just do a couple of SPs here, quiet for two years. Oh, we'll just do a couple, you know, but I think, as you say, strategically, if you create that food hub, food tube, I think as he called it, back back in the day, you know, and you, you have that thought that, you know, that's where everything's going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's the best way to go. Um, but there's loads of opportunities. So, yeah, you can use different playlists to go through different stages mm. or campaigns or the new menus or whatever yeah. it is. But it just does need that additional resource and like you say production value whereas i think if you're kind of stuck at the moment trying to decide what should we go with tiktok or youtube tiktok's a lot quicker and a lot rougher and rawer and you know it's it's much more accessible because it doesn't have to look amazing it's more around the entertainment value of the video itself yeah a filter fixes everything right Mm -hmm. that's true (laughs) that's true but um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think um, of sort of get healthy kind of style brands. Um, yeah, well, I, is I the the know. happy the happy foodies the two guys in Ireland the happy yeah pair? happy pair yeah happy so you, you yeah so you've you've kind of got them. I mean, in terms of brand brands, I suppose you know you've just got those brands that are a little bit on the 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 lighter side of things. So you know you've got your um, I mean, even Wagamama would have a claim, for example, but, um, you know, in terms of the lighter dishes and things like that. But, yeah, yes. Delicious Leela, you'd have um, Farmer J and people like that, Chop still around and some guys. Oh, yes. um, yeah. You know, you've got a lot of those that could claim, you know, to, to, to sell things that are balanced. And then I suppose if you sell things like Moju Ginger Shots and you sell Kefir and, you know, all these types of things, um, you do Buddha bowls, you know, I'm sure the Poke brands could all yeah, get involved. Course, and, yeah. you know, there's, there's there's so much to go at. Um, yeah. And then, as I say, at the other end of the spectrum, just how to cook a steak and how to boil an egg are still two of the biggest searches on there. You Absolutely. Know, so. I remember looking to see what Jamie Oliver's most watched video of um, of all time was, and it was how to, how to poach an egg. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Very Delia Smith as well. Yeah, and you know, you can imagine if you're a pub, you could do that easily, you know, and you would trust a pub to do it. You know, you don't have to be some kind of Michelin star place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw in lockdown so many brands kind of revealing their top recipes, and it hasn't harmed them at all. No. It doesn't mean that people are going to do it themselves the whole time. No, no chance. They can always do it better. I can burn a Pizza Express pizza in my oven, thanks very much, you know, but I'd rather... I'd rather get it cooked properly. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. just think, thinking, you know, ahead for the rest of the year then, you know, what what's the, the sort of foremost, you know, if someone had to do one one or two big things, you know, yeah. where, where would you put your focus, do you think? I think always fundamentally going back to your strategy mm. and really analysing why are we doing social media and what effect does it have for our brand? Yeah. Just having that laser focus as you go into 2023, I think is vital. 
And then every decision you make can go back to that question. Okay, well, if we're doing social media for branding and awareness, is running that competition a good idea? Is doing that brand collaboration a good idea? Is working with that influencer that's going to cost us 500 quid, but has a million followers worthwhile? That's very cheap, by the way. (laughs) Very cheap example. So having a laser-focused social media strategy, I think, is crucial. The second thing I think is video. You know, how are you approaching your video strategy? We talked a bit about process. Who's creating that? Is it your team? Is it your marketing? Is it HQ? Is it your venues? Is it creators? Is it a blend of all three or four? How are you approaching that? Do you have the right equipment? Do you know the right creators? Have you done that kind of research and have a few up your sleeve for when you've got a new menu or, you know, when your big new campaign is launched, do you have five creators you could kind of invite along to the launch up your sleeve? That's always a good idea just to have in your back pocket. The third is, I would say, just getting to grips with your toolkit as a social media manager or a social media marketing team. So which are the tools that you're subscribing to and using and you need the pro accounts for? Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Canva. I yeah. think it's brilliant. It's innovated so much. I mean, I'm doing some video production at the moment myself and I'm using Canva for some brilliant stock video. Um, you can edit video on it now. You can you know, take out the whole background and put green screen in really easily. Um, the templates for reels, TikTok, YouTube are brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend the pro version of Canva scheduling tools. I get asked endlessly, what's the best one out there? Yeah. It depends what you need it for. Is it for, you know, team workflows? If so, Sprout Social. Is it for social listening? Again, Sprout Social. Is it just, you know, a cheap and dirty social media scheduling tool that will just schedule your posts? Look at later or Planoly or Buffer. So there are different tools available for different needs and objectives. And then the final thing I would say, other than, you know, having your toolkit, and I would put AI in that toolkit, by the way, Mm. you know, I use chat GPT every month to get some new ideas of social media posts or captions or ad creative. The final tip I would say, and this is mainly because this is a challenge I'm coming across now easily on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. is sort out your access to social media. You would be surprised, Mark, how many brands I'm working with right now who have messed up the way that Facebook or Instagram is set up and some old colleague has the power to add or remove people from their Facebook business manager or they don't have access to the ad account Mm. because someone set it up or their CEO set it up, but he did it on his phone and that has created his own account. And the marketing team can't get access to it or uh, an old payment method has been used for ads here and we can't remove it. Or I had a client recently who works for a very large global hotel brand. My ad account has been disabled because there was a bill that I didn't pay from two years ago for five pounds. And because of that, 
my ad account for this global hotel brand has been disabled and my Facebook profile has been disabled. Yours has? No, that's a, this is, this is. Oh, theirs, theirs has? Yeah. Wow. Because they didn't pay a five pound bill from two years ago. So sort out your access. And that means getting your Facebook business manager or meta business manager, Mm. get it sorted out. So what you want is everything in one place, all your pages, all your ad accounts, just in one business manager and just make sure that the right people have the access that they need to. And it's not all done through some fake profiles, um, login and password that you had to create three years ago. So that would be my advice. <laughs> I need to apologize to you as well, because I think I email you probably once a month on behalf of someone else going, no, Alison, we're locked out. <laughs> How yeah, do we do this? It's so common. Yeah. And actually I was working with uh, with a client this week on it and she had five advertising accounts in her business because different people had just set them up. Yeah, It's so easy to set them up. She was like, I ran a campaign last year and I want to see the results, but I don't know which one they're in. So we had to kind of go through each one. Yeah. And she said, Alison, is this, is this just us? And I said, no, <sighs> I said, so many businesses yeah. have this issue because Facebook made it too easy to keep creating different business managers or ad accounts or pixels. Mm. And so everybody's just ended up with sort of five or six and doesn't know which one's which. And yeah. So it's sort of, sort it out or kind of redo it and sort it out forever it's kind of yeah. one of the other one of the other just sort it out because the longer you leave it unsorted out the mm. more of an issue it will become later down the line okay i don't want to scare people but <laughs> no i think honestly, right like they yeah a real also, example yeah you might like i said like this client not be able to advertise on facebook because of this mm. So, it's massive. No, yeah. it comes up, yeah, a lot. And, and a lot of the time with my job, I'm working with someone that's, or we've just hired someone or someone that's brand new and all that. And, you know, people don't stay in their jobs 10 years now and all the rest of it. Um, I do remember just in that point, I was I was at a meeting with Witherspoons once and um, I was sitting in the, the kind of glass box meeting room in the middle of the offices. And I was sitting and uh, we were, you know, kind of in the meeting. Anyway, can I, it got comical all around about me. I could see people gesturing and all getting upset, like in the office, like it was like some kind of comedy sketch. Someone was like, what's going on here? And um, and then the guy I was having a meeting with had to get called out. And what had happened was uh, someone had left a Witherspoon's pub and they had uh, the, the control of all the social accounts and they photographed just like things that, customers wouldn't like to see really you know there was a couple of you know maybe there was damp patches and there was maybe some food that was in the bin or whatever I mean it wasn't shocking but you know just stuff that goes on behind the scenes in in, in restaurants stuff and um yeah they, they were posting it on the thing and it was you couldn't get to it <gasps> so they just that was it meeting cancelled you know you need yeah. to go I mean this was 15 years ago it was ages ago but uh yeah so it shows the power of what that can do and if you've got well, I mean, usually it's the password's been lost or, you know, and it's it's just passive and it's fine. But a lot, you know, some of the time it is there's a disgruntled person somewhere 
that is, yeah. is holding you to account, you know, so you yeah. need to watch out for sure. Yeah, definitely. Or like old agencies who've been sacked. Still oh, have yeah, access. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But All right. Yeah, to get it sorted. Yeah. Okay. So 2023 is the is the spring clean that must happen for the rest of your career. All right. Brilliant. And oh, maybe we could make an unofficial uh handover. Please be kind to the person that's going to come in after you and have it yeah. all set up for them and, and do a good handover. I think there's yeah, there's that little bit of karma, I think, as well there. Absolutely. So great. Well, listen, it's been so good to see you um, oh, just spend an afternoon with you. Chat. I love um, chatting about all this stuff. So yeah, yeah. hopefully well, it's been an enjoyable listen for people as well. Yeah. Oh, well, there's just a lot to get through and we could have done another hour. I mean, so a couple of things then. So you are still doing training strategy. I am. Um, you've At got avocado social. Yeah. So avocadosocial.com. That's it. And every month this year, we are doing a free social media update because we totally understand and appreciate how hard it is for everyone to stay on top of this stuff. So we've made the decision to do a free open update. It's an hour. It's last week of the month, every month. And you can sign up to that on our website. Great. And then also there'll be things like um, online hints and tips throughout the year. There's some great content on your website already and your blog that I still use to this day. Um, so yeah, and then if you're just anyone stuck at all, just get in touch with Alison at avocadosocial.com and she'll help you out as much as she can. So Absolutely. her and the lovely Rich. Okay, well listen, I'll love you and leave you. Thanks so much. Love to the family. Love to Django the dog. Um, and uh, thanks for doing this. And worst case scenario is I'll see you this time next year to do this, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I'll, I'll see, see you sooner. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see you before that. All right. Yeah. Thanks for that great advice. And great chat. Me. So there we have it. What an episode from Alison Battersby of Avocado Social. It was packed full of amazing information for you to take back now into your role, your teams, and to help your customers. I certainly, as usual, learn a thing or two from Alison in this podcast, and I'll be putting them into practice and using them this year again and again. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. Thanks also to our silver partners, HDI, Saved by Robots and Airship and Toggle for their support as this podcast would not be possible without all of our partners. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand boom. Boom.